So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here in West Limit 102 Radio. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And this the 17th of June. It's the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Of course, a big welcome to my colleague who is helping me to produce the program this morning. Shane Elbridge, good morning to you, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John, and how are we keeping today? We're very good. Thank you very much indeed. Of course, Shane is joining me again via Skype. I'm recording this from our Come and See studio here in Adam. Just want to mention just one thing before I forget it at the start of the programme. There was a telephone call to the station last Sunday from a listener, Josephine, who wanted to know when um, when we could broadcast uh, the Novena from Limerick, and I had to explain to my colleague there in, in the station, and just to, just to explain to Josephine and indeed all listeners, the sessions uh, continue. There's 10 sessions each day from 7am right the way through to starting at 10.30 each night. And, of course... Uh, we can't really broadcast uh, them them all because obviously there was nothing else going on in West Limit One or Two Radio. However, uh, what we will try and do is is um, we'll try and record some of the harmonies that do happen during the um, during the novena, and maybe at some time later on in the coming weeks, or maybe even months, we might be able to play back some of those harmonies again just to refresh people's memory. But thanks a lot, jo- uh, Josephine, for contacting us. And indeed, for all the other people who contact us as we meet them throughout the week, uh, those people who wish us well, um, they assure us that they're praying for us, and myself and Shane know that we need that. But also, we want to also welcome, as usual, our listeners, our listeners who are housebound. Those who are lonely and struggling, maybe they got some health problems this week. Thank you again for joining us uh, for another hour together, where the Holy Spirit is coming to give us some good news. Sacred Space uh, broadcast, is broadcast here in West Limit 102 at 10am each Sunday morning and 11pm, it's repeated again at 11pm, Sunday night. And it's also available on our blog as a podcast and that's on sacredspace102.blogspot.com and also on iTunes by searching Come and See Inspirations. Of course, the, the idea of having it attached to iTunes is that people from various parts of the world might find it that little bit easier to... Um, to tune in, to come and see Inspirations, and indeed hear this programme and any other programme. That's really for the last nine years, actually. Although it's the tenth year myself being involved here with Sacred Space, it's nine years since um, Shane created the blog for us and all the programmes that, uh, that we have produced in that time are up on Sacred Space. Now, I know um, there have been some problems because... The previous people who we used to have uh, hosted our, our podcast changed the format. So there might be some programs, there might be some podcasts um, that some of our listeners might be able to to get hold of on our sacredspace102.blogspot.com website. But if they want to contact us, contact me, and we'll arrange to rectify that for them in, in a format they'll be able to listen to. You can contact us by email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Or you can text us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. And thanks again for all your prayers, and thanks again for the insurance that you're, you are thinking of us, and that you listen to us, most especially, and again, we want to remind listeners that if they have any idea of um, people they'd like us to interview, 
or maybe find out about certain things for them. It might be questions about their faith, or it might be questions about religious orders, or it might be questions about anything. We'll sit try uh, and do our best to make contact with people. We're not too sure if everybody, for instance, if somebody asked us, could we, could we, could we, could we try and have an interview with a pope? We're not too sure whether we can arrange that within the next few weeks. But you know, we might try. Shane, what do you think? <laughs> you never know. In the meantime, we might carry on with our programme as usual. And this part of the programme, Shane, also, always each week, lets us know some saints that are on. I know, Shane, I think you told us this before, there could be a number of saints um, who on various calendars are remembered today, but you only pick just one from various calendars. Isn't that right? Exactly. So we'll, we'll go through and I'll just highlight a couple of celestial guides. But, John, just going back to that question from Josephine about the Novena, if any of the listeners um, want to follow the, the, the Novena sessions in the church in Limerick and have internet access, you can also watch and listen to the sessions on novena.ie, uh, which is the Redemptorist website where you can, you can watch the sessions. There's a, there's a camera in the church and they, they broadcast those sessions. So that's, if you have internet access, it's novena.ie. So, back to the liturgical calendar. As you said, John, we are celebrating the 11th week in ordinary time. So today is the 11th Sunday in ordinary time. And for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three. Um, now, the liturgical odds and ends on this week's calendar are a couple of interesting ones. And particularly from the point of view of our liturgical calendar here in Ireland. So, um, on the first one, uh, Monday is the 18th, on the universal, the general calendar as it's called, that's the calendar used by everyone around the world, we have the feast uh, of a guy called St. Marcus, or Mark. He was a, a second century martyr, and uh, nailed to a post and pierced with a lance in 286, and he was buried near the catacombs of St. Domitilia in Rome, and his grave was rediscovered in 1902. So that's St. Marcus on Monday. Now, Tuesday is an interesting one. It is the feast day of St. Romuald. Now, he was a Benedictine monk, and he is credited with the formation of the foundation of the Camaldolese Benedictines. So that's a group, a family of Benedictine monasteries within the overall Benedictine family. And he was a wanderer by nature, established several hermitages and monasteries in central and northern Italy. And he is very much, he died in 1027. Now, and I have a little um, question mark on this week's calendar, which unfortunately, as we go to air, I haven't actually been able to get an answer to. But anyway, um, per the National uh, Liturgical Office in Manute, on the 19th of uh, June, Limerick is supposed to celebrate the Feast of the Dedication of, Saint, of the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist. So... For each diocese, the, the date of the dedication of their cathedral is a, is, a, is a feast day in the diocese. And it celebrates the unity of the diocese around the bishop, which is symbolized by the cathedral and the hosting of the cathedra, which is the bishop's chair, which is the symbol of his t- authority in the diocese. Now, the national calendar puts it down as the 19th of June. The problem is the diocesan website says the cathedral was consecrated on the 21st of June. And right now, I haven't been able to get an answer as to which date is correct. So, um, but potentially, so we're celebrating sometime next week. We're celebrating the dedication, of course, of the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in Limerick. Then on Wednesday, uh, we're celebrating the feast day of the Irish martyrs. Now, that's the 20th of June. 
Now, when we speak about the Irish martyrs and the ones, the feast day that we celebrate on the 20th of June, what we're doing is we're celebrating the 17 Irish martyrs that were beatified by Pope John Paul II in 1992. And people might remember that was a big ceremony. I think at the time the Archbishop of Armagh was Tommaso Fee, I think, and um, he would have attended the ceremony in Rome. And it was, it's, it's an interesting one because actually the Irish martyrs are mar- people who have died for the faith between 1537 and 1714. So basically these are the martyrs of the penal, penal times. And the problem is that there's actually 264 people whose names have been forwarded to Rome uh, as martyrs for the faith in that time under Cromwell, under Henry VIII, under Elizabeth I, all, all of those. The problem is, because records are so sparse, and because you're not sure if a person was killed for hatred of the faith or for political reasons, their cause for canonization and beatification is quite slow. So in 1992, there was a sample cases of 17 of them that were beatified by Pope John Paul II. And two of them that I picked out of the 17, one was Conor Rourke. He was a Franciscan friar, and the reason I picked him out is because he was hanged in Kilmallock in August 1579. The other one who I picked out from the 17 is Blessed Terence Albert O'Brien. And the reason I picked out him, he was a Dominican, and he was actually the head of the Dominicans in Ireland in, uh, at the time. And he was appointed, then he was appointed to the of Emily. And he was, uh, he was killed in Limerick in uh, 1651. So it's just, it's an interesting one. Um, something maybe we might do in the program at some stage, John, is we'll get someone on to talk about the Irish martyrs. But we celebrate the 17 Irish martyrs who were beatified by John Paul II on the 20th of June. Then on the 21st of June, we actually move on to a saint who's fairly popular. It's Saint Aloysius Gonzaga. Uh, he was Italian, born to nobility, uh, trained from a very young age to be a soldier and a courtier served in the Spanish Royal Court, and then for a while he suffered from kidney disease. And then at the age of 18, he signed away his legal claim to his family's land, and he became a Jesuit novice. And he tended plague victims in Rome in the outbreak of the plague in 1591, from which he died at the age of 23. And he's the patron, uh, patron saint against, or sorry, he's the patron saint for uh, AIDS caregivers, AIDS patients, uh, against sore eyes and Jesuit students and teenage children. So that's an interesting one. Aloysius Gonzaga, he was a Jesuit saint and he died in 1591 and patron of the youth. Then on Friday, the 22nd of June, we have the double feast day of uh, St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher. Of course, John Fisher and Thomas More were victims of, the, of Henry VIII martyred for the faith because they didn't accept his appointment as head of the church in England and the requirement to take the oath of supremacy. John Fisher was Bishop of Rochester at the time. He investigated whether or not Henry's first marriage to Catherine of Aragon was valid or not, and his view in it was the marriage was valid and therefore the, the king should not be granted a divorce. Uh, for his uh, refusal to bend to Henry's will, he was imprisoned and ultimately uh, martyred in 1535. Now, it was an interesting thing. There's a sad well, tale told that one of the things that might have speeded up his martyrdom is the fact that at the time uh, he was created a cardinal by Paul III and Henry's response was supposedly to have been, well, you can't make a man a cardinal if he has no head. 
Uh, so unfortunately, John Fisher was martyred by being beheaded. Thomas Moore, of course, very much associated with the great that film about his life, A Man for All Seasons. Um, and of course, that title also refers to Thomas Moore's own wide scholarship and knowledge. He was a lawyer, twice married and a widower. He was the father of one son and three daughters. And we particularly know about one of his daughters, Margaret, or Meg, if she was one of his favourites. A very much devoted family man. Um, Tom, uh, Thomas got to high prominence in England because he was appointed the Chancellor, uh, the Chancellor of England, second in authority only to the King at the time. And he was, he was strict. He fought many forms of, of heresy against the Church, was responsible for the execution and the, the burning at the stake of Protestant martyrs. Uh, but then when the whole issue of the royal divorce came up, he refused again to swear the oath of supremacy, declaring the king the head of the church in England. He was imprisoned in the Tower of London, and he was martyred for his refusal to bend his religious beliefs to the king's political needs. So that's the two saints we celebrate on Friday the 22nd. Then finally, on Saturday, um, we celebrate the feast of Francis O'Sullivan. And this, he's, he's one of the individual martyrs that we celebrated as a group on Wednesday. And Francis, was, uh, Francis died uh, in 1523. Then finally, on next Sunday, is St. John's Day. It's the feast day of Saint, the Nativity of St. John the Baptist, which means, of course, that next Saturday is St. John's Eve. And I know that in different parts of uh, Limericks, people have maintained the tradition of the bonfires on John's Eve. So that's next Saturday for those that keep that tradition. And then Sunday next week, of course, is the solemnity of the Feast of St. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, of course, being the cousin of Jesus, he's herald. And that great linkage between the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, you know, and he, he baptized Jesus in the Jordan. John, of course, was a martyr, imprisoned by King Herod, and he was the victim of vengeance of Herod's lover. Uh, and he was beheaded and his head, brought, his head even brought to her on a platter. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the liturgical odds and ends for the coming week. Sure, thank you very much again. Of course, very comprehensive. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, as you mentioned um, Thomas More there, there is actually um, a half-hour documentary about St. Thomas More on EWTN next uh, Friday, actually at 9 o'clock. That's for half an hour. A little notice I just want to bring to your attention on the 19th of June, um, that's Tuesday, uh, there's a prayer and a pint calling young adults aged 18 to 35. Young adults aged 18 to 35 are invited to prayer and a pint on Tuesday the 19th of June. Mass will be celebrated by Father Bernardino, is, a, is one of the friars at 7.30pm in the Dominican Church and afterwards they'll head to Jerry Flannery's for a talk by Laura McAllister called When Feminism Meets Catholicism. So, a prayer and a pint. Tuesday uh, 19th at 7.30pm Mass in the Dominican Church and afterwards a pint and a talk by Laura McAllister called When Feminism Meets Catholicism. Could, should, could be interested. Speaking about the Davida, as we mentioned earlier on, that continues again, of course, until this Saturday in Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick. This afternoon, a very quiet session, <coughs> and Davida, without math, of course, for the blessing of babies and young children. So anybody out there who's considering, maybe they like that, maybe they might like to visit the Nevada this year and bring their children along. A very happy uh, session there this afternoon at 4.30pm. Speaking about children, there's a special novena celebration for First Holy Communion children. 
Uh, and that's at 11.30 p.m. tomorrow. And of course, masses for the novena uh, start at 7 a.m. in the morning, continue to 10, the last session is at 10.30 p.m. at night. So the 7, 8, 10, 11.30, 10 past 1, 4.30, 6 p.m., 7.30 p.m., 9 p.m., and 10.30 p.m. The change, of course, for that is is on Saturday next, uh, is at 9.30 a.m., because there's a special Mass for the Sacrament of the Sick uh, for il- at 11.30 p.m., and, of course, they need time to prepare the places and so on and so forth. And, of course, the, um, the Novena uh, this year is all about uh, focusing on celebrating family. Two other just little things for people to remember in the coming week. Did you know today, John, the 17th of June is actually a National Holy Wealth Day? Yeah, I didn't. I, to be honest, I had never before heard of it. This is the second year of the initiative, and it is the idea of, of bringing attention to our natural resources in terms of our water. I know in Ireland sometimes um, we have too much of it. But it's also a question of our quality, the quality of the water that we have and the access to it that we have. And, um, you know, I suppose the winter we've just had has been very wet and farmers have been very much affected. But it's also an issue in many parts of the world. Water is, an, is, a, is a particular issue in access to clean and safe water. But also it's linking in with the idea of the tradition of our holy wells in Ireland. So today is what's called National Holy Wells Day. And if people had the time, and if the weather was any way decent, which it probably isn't, you know, to take a walk to a local holy well uh, and just to visit it and remember the connections and the history that goes with it. So that was just today. Then the second thing I just wanted to remind people of is that uh, in the coming week, we will, of course, have the annual diocesan pilgrimage to Lourdes. The Limerick diocesan pilgrimage to Lourdes runs from June 22nd uh, to June... To June uh, June 27th and uh, sorry, June 21st to June 25th. I beg your pardon. Is the is is the, is the awesome pilgrimage to Lourdes the annual one that goes every June? So that's in, that's in the coming week. And so just for people to keep the pilgrims in their prayers and to remember, of course, who's going. It'll be led, of course, by Bishop Brendan. I uh, usually Bishop Donald Bishop Donald accompanies them as well. The various priests of the diocese, and of course, the most important people that go on the diocesan pilgrimage every year are the invalids. And um, uh, so I hope everybody has a safe trip and a fruitful, spiritually fruitful trip uh, as they as they go to visit Our Lady in the Grotto and uh, they carry our prayers with them uh, to place at the feet of the Mother of God. So, John, as we uh, proceed now with the program, we'll have the prayer, spiritual communion prayer. So with this part of the program, before we go for our first bit of music, there's a spiritual communion prayer that we always pray for those who weren't able to attend Mass this morning and receive Jesus in Holy Communion. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we go, my go for our first bit of music. And this piece of music, I haven't played it for some time. Uh, it's one of my favourites. It's by Liam Lawton. It's from the Liam Lawton album. And this one is entitled Glendalock. So let's hear this. Cast away the dew of night And gaze upon the lakes of light Find the road where secrets lie Of heaven's home in days gone by Where echoes sing of chanted prayers 
and broken stones I'm hermit's ways Where weathered trees their memories hold Of pilgrims' lives their stories told Where holy men once carved in rock The sacred place of Glendalough So welcome back again to part two of Circus Space. My name is John Keeley, and of course still joined by Shane, somewhat out there on Skype line. 
Uh, this part of the program, we always chat about an event, or we chat about a location, or a prayer, or a pilgrimage, or, or, or a person. But this particular week, we said we'd have a brief little chat amongst ourselves, a little information thing, really, on knock. We've only got about ten minutes for it because in part three, Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West is going to sh- share the gospel reflection with us. But this week, we said as we only got a, bit, a short section. Um, we said we'd mention a little bit and of course Shane the first thing you want to mention is of course the good news that Pope Francis is going to visit Knock Indeed so obviously Knock very much was on the headlines uh, this week because of course we have the official confirmation of the itinerary of the Pope's visit to Ireland in August so just people are aware John it's next week we're doing the programme on the World Meeting of Families okay so we're going to, we're going to talk about the paper visit to Dublin and all that Rasmus has on next week's programme so today what we're going to do is we just want to highlight things for Knock. What we're going to do first is I'll just, we'll just go through Knock's normal, um, what's upcoming events for their summer pilgrimage season. And then we'll, at the end we'll just mention a small bit about the papal visit and what we know about it to date. So of course, as everyone knows, Knock is the National Marian Shrine in Ireland, and because that is where Our Lady appeared, uh, with St. Joseph and St. John the Evangelist. And of course, that whole gathering of the Holy Family, including uh, the Holy Family is probably one of the reasons why Pope Francis is going uh, to knock in August. But of course, as well as being the National Marian Shrine, we must also remember that Knock is also the National Eucharistic Shrine. And it is one of the few Eucharistic shrines around the world, because of course we have the appearance, or the apparition of the Lamb on the altar, which is something which is very unique to Knock and something that we should always remember. Now, in terms of things happening in Knock over the summer period, it's always good to remind people because... With the road up and the good conditions that run it, you get to knock in about two, two, two and a half hours from Limerick. Um, you mm. know, so it's, it's, it's quite accessible to us. It's not like it was a couple of years ago where the drive to knock would be four and five hours and everyone would stop and burp on the way up to get their food and all the rest of it. Mm. So the pilgrimage season runs from April to October 2018. And so obviously you have mass times at the, at the shrine with confessions and the reconciliation chapel each day. Public ceremonies on Sundays, you have the anointing of the sick at 2.30 and then the concelebrated masses at 3. Stations of the cross each day, uh, Monday to Saturday, are at 2 p.m. And of course, the candlelight procession is on Thursdays at 9 o'clock for those that want to attend. There is exposition uh, daily in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel in Knock from 11.30 to 6.30. And then in the Apparition Chapel, Monday to Fridays from 7, to ni- 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Last, the last Thursday of each month is dedicated to the sick at Knock, uh, and it's 2 p.m. There's, uh, the, there's a Stations of the Cross and Rosary procession, and then, of course, there's the 3 p.m. Mass with the anointing of the sick, which takes place, of course, in the Basilica. Now, just in terms of upcoming things, just to remind people that uh, there are public mini-vigils which take place on the first Friday of the month from May to December, uh, there's generally confessions from 8 to 9, and then the vigil goes from 9 p.m. until midnight in the Basilica. And there's different ones each month. Um, uh, different ones each month. Then, as well as that, there are different events organized in Knock throughout the, the summer period. So, for example, there's a week of Ignatian spirituality, which runs from the 23rd to the 31st of July. Now, what does that mean? Ignatian spirituality is the, the style of prayer that's very much associated with St. Ignatius of Loyola, who, of course, is the founder of the Jesuits. And this year, they're hosting a week called uh, with the theme, Your Life, Your Story, Your Pathway to God. And it's being facilitated by three de- Jesuits called um, Eddie Cosgrave, Terry Howard, and Dermot Mansfield. 
and that runs on the 23rd to the 31st of July and it's uh, what it consists of is that there's two 20 minute sessions daily in the prayer guidance centre and in Mass of the Basilica at 3 o'clock and each day uh, there's a particular team no booking is necessary so if you're in Knock, you can just turn up for the session and participate if you're there there's obviously um, Knock has a particular focus on trying to encourage youth ministry and participation of youth in, in, in faith and faith formation. A couple of years ago, people might remember we had Father Kev Richard Gibbons on talking about the Witness to Hope program where Knock was undergoing its renovations, both from a physical infrastructure point of view, but also in faith formation. As part of that, then, there's a strong focus on youth events during the summer. So there's summer fun at the hub. The hub stands for Hear, Understand and Believe. And it provides a place for children for, for over five and teens to spend time at the shrine at Knock. And it's open weekdays, Wednesdays to Sundays. So if you go up with the family, you can drop the kids off there while you want to do what you want to do. And there's a whole a load of activities uh, 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 kind of conducted with children and teenagers as well. Then, of course, there's the Michaela Summer Camp for Girls, which runs in July from the 16th to the 20th. And it's run by the Michaela Foundation, which brings together girls from around the country, and it's offered from 11 to 13-year-olds. And you can see information on that on the michaelafoundation.com. The youth, the Knock Youth Summer Camp runs in July and August. Uh, there's various dates, July 2nd to 6th, and August 13th to 17th. And it's for children 7 to 11 years of age. And then there's a big family day on the 19th of August, which is the Sunday in the middle of the national, the annual novena. Uh, so that's on the 19th of August, and it's to link in with the World Meeting of Families. So it's one of the main events for families at Knock in the preparation, of course, coming up to uh, the World Meeting of Families in Dublin in August. The novena itself, the National Novena to Our Lady of Knock, starts on the 14th of August, and it concludes on the 22nd of August. Now, the big event, things that people would probably want to know about, which, of course, is Pope Francis' visit to Knock. So, Pope Francis' visit to Knock is quite short. It's quite brief. Uh, it's occurring on the 26th of August, and the Pope will arrive into Knock Airport from Dublin early on the Sunday morning and will go directly to the shrine. He's going to pray in the Apparition Chapel, uh, he will give a small address and then he will recite the Angelus in the Apparition Chapel. Uh, uh, and the whole thing will be over around 10.45. Um, then after that, he has to get back on the plane and then fly back to Dublin because he's to be back in Dublin to be in Croke Park, or sorry, to be in the Phoenix Park for three o'clock to celebrate the closing mass for the World Meeting of Families. Now, for people that would like to attend the event in Knock, a uh, couple of points to note. First of all, it's going to be very early in the day. So if you're going up from Limerick, you'll be looking at a very early start because it's all going to be finished by 10.45. And timing is quite important. So that's something for you to be aware of. Second of all, the event is going to be ticket only. Now, the tickets will be free. There won't be a cost to them, but there is only going to be 45,000 of them. The OPW and the guards, for health and safety reasons, have put a limit on the number of participants that will be able to go to the shrine. And just to say to people, like Phoenix Park, if you don't have a ticket, even if the ticket is free, you will not be let in. So for Irish people, we have a tendency just to show up at an event sometimes. It's not going to work like this. It's not going to be like 1979. There has to be a degree, for health and safety reasons, there has to be a degree of control of the crowd that goes in. For those people that are interested in going to knock and want to get a ticket, 
you need to register on the World Meeting of Families website, which is worldmeetingoffamilies2018.com, and you need to register, and the registration opens on the 25th of June. So that if you want to get your ticket for knock, you have to register online. There is no way to avoid it. Just to point out, if you are going to apply for a ticket for knock, you will not get a ticket for the Phoenix Park. They are taking the view that if you're going to one event, you're not going to the other. Now, maybe some people might like to try and drive across the country and get to the Phoenix Park by <laughs> 3 o'clock. I don't know. But just in case anyone was thinking of that, that's not going to happen. Uh, you're not going, that's not going to happen. So Pope Francis will be a knock. It'll be quite a short visit. As we know, of course, Francis is a very Marian Pope. It'll be interesting to hear what he says uh, when he addresses people in Knock, as he will as he will throughout the entire World Meeting of Families. Um, there will be a, probably a particular Marian focus because, of course, it is the National Marian Shrine. Uh, there will also be. It's also interesting because Knock is being given part of the responsibility to carry forward the work that will start during the World Meeting of Families and the preparations that has been going on for the last twelve months. So they, they have part of that responsibility to make sure it's not just a once-off event, but it's something that would benefit, uh, that is something that would benefit the whole church in Ireland. So just, just, just to say that to people again, if you want to attend the, the papal event at Knock on the 26th, the most important thing is you have to register on the World Meeting Family website. Uh, and you must register for your tickets. Um, because if you're not, you will not be given access just also to say to people, it's very much going to be, if you, it's, there's going to be a lot of standing. Um, now, there will obviously be wheelchair access for those that have it, but just in terms of being prepared for it, there'll be a lot of standing, a lot of walking. Uh, you know, 45,000 people in knock is quite a big crowd. Uh, so just for people to be aware of that. Um, and uh, and and, as, and it's it's it just 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 to take it into account. So he leave Dublin at twenty to nine in the morning. He gets to knock at twenty past nine. Goes straight to the shrine. He should be at the shrine around a quarter to ten, quarter to ten. That's the plan. He goes to the apparition chapel and then transfers back to the airport at ten forty five. So it's going to be a very very brief visit um, in in knock as well. Um, and he, and he. And he will say the address. Perfect, Shane. Thank you so much for that. And I'm sure Emma, Emma Williams, who's joining us next week, uh, for, um, she's the representative from the Diocese for the World Meeting of Families. She'll clarify that again and remind us again what Shane just said. Thanks a lot for bringing that to our attention, Shane. Just, just two things I'd, I just want to go back again to the to to knock. I didn't realise before, but um, if people arrive in around 11 a.m. Uh, in Knock each day. Um, there's a weekday Mass in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel at 11 a.m. didn't realise that. But one of my favourites said, the guided prayer sessions daily, they're at 12 noon, 4.15 and 8.15. It's a nice, gentle 15-minute to 20-minute reflection on some part of the Gospel. Beautiful. Anyway, at this, just one other thing, yep. just so that people are aware... The Apparition Chapel, as people know, the, the, the whole setup, the whole infrastructure of Donk has had a renovation and the Basilica has been renovated. But also as part of that, the Apparition Chapel and the parish church in Donk have also both, be, both been renovated and recently reopened. So they'll be much more comfortable to sit in and to use and are also supposed to be more, dis, uh, more accessible, particularly for people with disabilities as well. So just as so people are aware of that. 
Shane, thank you so much for that. Thank you very much indeed. So at this stage, we'll have to go um, and um, take a second piece of music before we're joined by Father Frank Dewey in part through, uh, three to read and reflect on this week's Gospel. And this piece of music to see us out for this section is by John Michael Talbot and it's entitled Lord, Let Every Nation on Earth. So please come back and join us again in part three. nation on a shall adore you Lord every people will call on your name every knee shall bow every tongue confess your name Jesus the Lord Lord Oh, every tongue confess your name, 
So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space, as promised. Um, so welcome into the studio this morning to me again. Uh, Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West. Good morning, Father Frank. How are you? Morning, John. Yeah, very well. Thank God. Thanks, yeah. thanks a lot for joining. Just remind people again, Father Frank leads us in a lecture divina, a lovely little meeting there of a Monday night. Where, well, Father Frank, maybe you can tell us, what's, what's lecture divina or... Well, it is, uh, it's, pro- it's probably the most ancient way of reflecting on and praying over the, the scriptures for the first thousand years of the church. It was very common, and basically what it tries to do is that um, it tries to, to look at our lives uh, under the microscope, if you like, of the gospel, you know. And uh, the writers of, about Lexio Divina speak about um, the marriage between the Word of God and what's going on in our lives, that the same God that we see in the Word of God and see what he's doing, that same God is active in our lives. And we we can help to find, we can find him with the help of Scripture by, um, as I say, looking at our lives under the, the focus of the particular gospel or whatever. So our particular meeting it takes place in Newcastle West Parish Centre each Monday night, 8.15 to 9.15. And at the side of each meeting, that's what we're going to do now, we usually pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And as Father Frank says, we usually pray it together. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly, May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And so we'll read the Gospel for today. Father Frank's going to read the Gospel for today, which is for the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time, taken from Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 34. Thanks, Father Frank. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to the crowds, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man throws seed on the land. Night and day, while he sleeps, when he is awake, the seed is sprouting and growing, how he does not know. Of its own accord, the land produces first the shoot, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the crop is ready, he loses no time. He starts to reap because the harvest has come. He also said, what can we say the kingdom of God is like? What parable can we find for it? It is like a mustard seed, which at the time of its sowing in the soil is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet once it is sown, it grows into the biggest shrub of them all and puts out big branches so that the birds of the air can shelter in its shade. Using many parables like these, he spoke the word to them so far as they were capable of understanding it. He would not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything to his disciples when they were alone. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for that, Father Frank. Mm. So, as usual, Father Frank usually shares with us each Monday night um, the gospel as to how it applies to us and thoughts maybe we should think about during the week. Father Frank, would you like to share a few more thoughts with us, please? Yeah, just uh, briefly, uh, John, the, um, the, we never ever get to the bottom of the gospel. Um, as we know well from over the years now, uh, finding more and more in it as we dig a bit deeper. Um, what we have here in this gospel is two little parables. As we know, Jesus used parables, he used stories. We all love stories, and uh, he never used theory to get a point across to us. He used stories, and, and the stories were based on things of our experience. So he didn't speak to us from on high. And in this gospel, the two little parables, the two little stories he uses um, should help us to appreciate the huge part that God plays in in, in our spiritual growth and in uh, our apostolic uh, success. And I think this gospel is the source of much hope uh, for us. If you look at the first little one there, uh this is what the kingdom of God is like. He's not saying he's given a definition of the kingdom of God. He said, this is one aspect of the kingdom of God that this story will illustrate. And I love the way he said, a man throws seed. You know, it scatters indiscriminately all over the place. We have the same thing, John, in the parable of the sower, where the seed was thrown all over the place, you know. And uh, so it's very generously sown, and it's for everybody, night and day, while he sleeps, when he's awake. The, how, the, how the farmer doesn't know, but he has sown the seed, and it's growing away over a period of time, and he doesn't know how. I think uh, in terms of this gospel giving us hope at this time, um, it's, it's good for us to bear in mind that Mark's gospel was written 40 years after or so, 40 years or so after the, after Christ. And it was a time of crisis when, um, the church was a, the young church was experiencing some persecution. And there was, uh, now dealing for the first time with Christians who were falling away and relapsing into their, their old ways. So Mark responds to this crisis here by pulling together these few uh, stories, uh, of Jesus, these, uh, parables. Um, I think what he says there, you know, that he, that he, the man throws the seed on the land. That's, that's our task, is to spread the seed, to spread the word of Jesus. And that night and day, even when he's asleep, when he's awake, the seed is sprouting and growing. And the, what he's really saying to us is that that is God's work. St. Paul put it well, he said, I did the planting, Apollos did the watering, but God gave growth. St. Paul says that in the first letter to the um, uh, Corinthians. And um, if we're to apply this to the task that we face today as followers of Christ in playing our role in advancing God's kingdom, which is what Jesus is talking about here, we could get so despondent, John, you know, um, but should we get despondent? I don't believe we should. Um, this is not a time to lose faith or to lose hope. If we do lose hope, we are forgetting that it is God who is in charge. So we're losing hope in God. Mm -hmm. We're losing faith in God. 
uh, now more than ever, we need to deepen our trust in God. And if we are losing hope, perhaps it shows that we saw ourselves as the main players, not God. Um, if, if we really saw God as the main player, we wouldn't be losing hope or losing faith. But we need to bear in mind that he does need us to play our role, and he will do the rest. Our role is a small role, but it's an essential role. And we could focus, for example, totally today on the recent referendum result and give up hope. Yes, it was a monumental mistake, uh, a monumental backward step as far as the moral teaching of Christ goes, and most regrettable. But it is now more than ever that our society needs people committed to the teaching of the Gospels to the best of their ability. Um, And let's not forget, John, that there are some, indeed many, green shoots, what I would call green shoots, in what a lot of people might see as a kind of a desert scenario at the moment. Um, And green shoots appearing that I believe reflect the kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about in these parables. And I, I, I reference like things like the increased awareness uh, uh, regarding responding in a Christian way to people with special needs. So in your life, in my life, John, there's a huge, a huge growth there, uh, growth of scripture groups. I don't think anybody would have been asking me or anybody else 30 years ago in Ireland about Lexio Divina, prayer groups. Not everybody's in them, but there's quite a lot of them all over the place. Um, Pieta House, um, I understand they collected just short of 40,000 here in Newcastle West alone in that walk through the night. Um, surely that's the gospel. Surely that's more than a green shoot. That is a beautiful flower that is sprouting out of what we might consider a desert. Um, you have things like collections for cancer research. The very generous response, I think they call the organisation CRY, you know, the two young people, Neve Herlihy and, and Dara Donovan, that died out in, in Monaghan. And in recent years, they've raised huge money. I think CRY is the name of the organisation. It's to do with the sudden death syndrome. And the response of people to that, and people doing punishing cycles up by the Mass Rock in Ashford. I mean, the, the, those are terrific uh, green shoots. And um, so we mustn't allow whatever we do right now, uh, uh, John, is we mustn't allow despondency. And that, that to remember what it says there, that when the man has sown the seed, when we have done our bit, that while we sleep, when we're awake, night and day, the seed that we have sown is growing. How? We do not know. And if the farmer doesn't know how the humble seed is growing, how can we know too much about the works of how God's plan works? And but, it, but what we must do is continue to spread the seed and like the farmer, wait patiently and more or less helplessly for the seed to grow. How, he does not know, but it does grow. And, uh, and that nature is a great teacher. Um, and Jesus knew that. He was forever, he was on about... He was on about the land. He was on about shepherding. He was on about ploughing and the seed. He was on about fishing. He was on about the ordinary things of life. And he taught us the most profound truths. 
the danger is that because we're going through a struggling time with regard to the faith in Ireland today, uh, and I came across uh, the danger is that we will uh, allow despondency and even despair to creep in, which would be a great, great, great pity. And I, I came across something that was that was found, a, a prisoner of war is the person that is supposed to have written it. And this is what he wrote. He said, I believe in the sun, even when it is not shining. I believe in love, even when I don't feel it. I believe in God, even when he is silent. I suppose we must wait for God's time, and God's time will always be uh, the best time. And I suppose, very briefly, uh, uh, John, the other parable there that we didn't really get to, the mustard seed, it's self-explanatory there, is the tiniest seed of all and grows into the biggest shrub. What that's saying to me is, even the littlest thing that we do in the in the cause of the gospel, we have no idea where it lent. And the example I'm always using, you have me use it a good few times, Sean, we're running out of time, is about the founding of the religious orders at a time of struggle in the church. Many of them were founded. Did any of the people that founded them, the men or women, ever dream the way they would spread right across the globe? So I'm full of hope. You know, I, I, I think it's a lovely thing that you leave us with there. I think you probably sum it up by saying, God's in charge. Hmm. Absolutely. God is the boss. We are the servants. We are the privileged servants. We've been privileged with spreading his message. Father, thanks. Thank you so much for coming in. And at this stage, uh, thank you so much, listeners, for staying with us again this morning. We're going with a bit bit of music now. This one is entitled Sowing Good Seeds. And this is is by Mavis Staples. So until next week, join us again where Emma Williams will speak to us again and we'll meet in the families. Next week, God bless you all now. Bye. Oh,